We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I am one of your hosts, Ty Windish, joined as always by the chipper Rohan Kadi. Chipper for early on a Monday morning. Rohan, how's it going? I'm doing well. I feel like the listeners are going to, they, they probably can tell <laughs> when we're recording early, when we're recording not early yeah, in the morning, probably. just based on our voices. So, uh, but no, no, it's it's good to be here. We've got to keep the Monday Eurostep tradition. Um, it's uh, it's it's good vibes all around, Ty. Chris Middleton is back. The Bucks are winning. Giannis is Giannis is unbelievable. It's 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 good. T- it's good vibes all around. It sure is. So, you know, the title of this pod, pretty short and sweet, building some momentum with the core four healthy and outside of Bobby Portis, which I know uh, Adam and Jordan discussed that injury. We got an update. Uh, it's not a great update. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a few weeks here at least before Bobby returns to action, which is tough considering you know, we're not that far out from the playoffs at this point. Hopefully, Bobby Portis can get well soon and return to action soon. But outside of Bobby, you know, the team has been mostly healthy. There's been Marjan probable here or there. He played in the G League for the first time. I missed it. Yes, I am sick about it. Um, you know, Giannis has been, I think, questionable or probable, but has played all four of these games. And it's just been great to see, I think, first, the whole core four playing really well next to each other for these last four games, which I don't think we've really seen a stretch like this at all this season. And that the core four being Giannis, Chris, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez. Also, I I think like I I keep factoring in almost Joe Ingles. I wouldn't say the core four, but I do think like seeing Ingles with the rest of these guys has been a big deal as well. So I think we're going to dive into just how everyone has played and some of our favorite lineups we've seen from the Bucks. But just in this little four-game win streak, and I think it's worth noting, they haven't beaten anybody good, right? The Pistons, the Pacers without Halliburton, the Nuggets without anybody. I mean, Jokic, MPJ, Jamal Murray, 
I think somebody else also sat in that game. Uh, KCP, did, uh, maybe KCP yeah, sat yeah, in that yeah. game. Um, they really didn't play anyone. And then last night was the Pelicans without Zion, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum. I'm not that concerned about that because A, the Bucks aren't healthy. Chris still is on a minutes restriction that got lifted for the first time from 15 to like 20-ish, I think, last night. Uh, Sunday night as we record this. But also, it's like this isn't some like happy-go-lucky team where we're like, oh, you know, we only can tell if they can contend for a championship based on seeing them in the regular season. No, I think we know at their top end they can do that. So it's just nice to see this group play some really strong basketball on both ends. I think largely we've seen that. So we understand that this isn't like, you know, they beat the Celtics. They beat the healthy Nuggets. Like, they they didn't. But it's just nice to see this group get some momentum and some continuity. So, Rohan, what are your thoughts on that, the strength of schedule versus the level of play? And are you tempering your expectations based on how bad these teams have been? I mean, it's it's obviously you have to take that into consideration, right? Like, you you can't judge this team entirely based on what they've done over this four-game stretch, considering the strength of opponents. But, however, this is probably the best possible outcome because you're letting the Bucks sort of find their rhythm against these teams that aren't really, you know, world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you Like you mentioned, like, these, these are teams that we're not, like, we're without their star players, you know, it, but it allows the Bucks to sort of get into a rhythm, get into sort of finding themselves so that when they play these tougher opponents, they're not frazzled and doing it for the first time and basing their expectations of how they need to play together based on those teams. No, they need to find their own identity first before they sort of match up against these other teams. You have to be able to develop your own sense of self before you can apply that to how you're going to attack the Bostons of the world, the Cleveland, the Brooklyns of the world. Um, Like Philly, sure. I don't know why I said Cleveland before Philly, but uh, um, it's it's just the built-in disrespect that I have. It's going to um, be a while before we see any of those teams. I'm looking ahead now at the schedule. I didn't realize people are going to hate this. We have one of the dreaded 9 p.m. home games this week. The Clippers oh no. game on Thursday is a 9 p.m. Milwaukee start time. It must oh, be a, but it's, a it's not a home game. game, though. Why not? What do you mean? Isn't it in L.A.? No, they play in L.A. the next week. Oh, that's the next week. Oh, yeah. no. No, this is Bucks. Yeah, I I double-checked. I was like, I'm pretty sure when their logo's on the bottom, it's a home game. It is. Oh, that's so unfortunate. Yeah, that must be. They need they need the national game for the Bucks. Yeah, it's but a, I it's hate a TNT. When they do that. I it's hate a TNT when they do that. Game. What's the first game? Uh, I have no idea. They always, when they do this, the first game is always a game that, like, just punt that game, let the Bucks play at 7, and find a game actually starting in Pacific time. To put on at 9 p.m. Like, whatever. Or do what they or what they do what they did on Saturday night for like Lakers Celtics. And it's like it's a Celtics home game, but it's an 830 start for them, but it's a 630 start. Yeah, kind of meet in the middle just, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Nine sucks. That is oh boy. We're we're washed tie. I know. Um, and then it, that the worst part is we get that, and then they actually go out west next week. And then there's nine 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 thirty start Friday night against the Clippers. That Depending on who plays, that could be a that's the second out of a back to back from Milwaukee Zoo. That could be a sickos game. Um, February fourteenth, though Valentine's Day, Celtics might be 
Uh, hopefully the Bucks are still healthy-ish by then. That could be our, you know, kind of our tester game. They get heat before then. Lakers, Clippers. Yeah, yeah. None, none of those teams moving me too much. Celtics, though. That and that's actually after three days off for the Bucks. So hopefully we get a very good game there, and it's not like a Segi Baba for the Celtics. Does anyone say that out loud? No, I, I've never said that. Second out loud game back. Like, I guess it would be yeah, yeah. Segi Baba. Whatever. Anyway. All right, bro. <laughs> sounds- yeah, I don't, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I don't. Um, it sounds like a failed Sega Genesis, like <laughs> like console, like the second one. Um, uh, you also don't know when the Bucks are going to get into LA, and uh, maybe three days off is not enough. Wait, 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 no, three days off before Celtics. Yeah, I know. Who lo- who knows how long they're staying in LA? Oh, oh I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because they're coming from LA. I mean, they're going to be there. Uh, shout out Miles Plumley and Greg Monroe. Uh, <laughs> juice. Uh, <laughs> they're going to be. They're going to be there potentially for a while. They have two days off before the first Lakers game. And then three days off after. Oh wow! If we if we know anything about how the Bucks usually perform in LA, who would be the funniest be... Bucks player to be TMZ at a strip club this year? Oh, it's Mamu. Oh, I think AJ Green has some real potential. Oh, that's true. Because I, like I feel like he's not Mamu's very so expressive. Wholesome. Yeah, Mamu is very wholesome. Mamu yeah. with a money gun would be like some exceptional content. I mean, I I I I'd support it. No, yeah, I mean, Mamu, Mamu, Mamu deserves to live and has not gotten a lot of minutes. And well, maybe we'll get to this later. I don't know if we will, but Mamu not playing with Bobby out is pretty disappointing for Mamu. Um, it is, it is. But, but anyway, um, yeah, who core four that, bucks. What they're going to do now? Yes, core four bucks. Who, who do you want to talk about first? I want to talk about Giannis. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> uh, right we after do that. The fit, uh, the way he punctuated his fifty burger last night. Was one of my favorite Giannis moments ever, I think. Oh, but before we really get into that, Ty, where's someone, uh, where's a place that we can uh, all talk about the core four together? That's a great question. I'm going to go with Repod, a podcasting platform. You know, it's funny. Last week, Spotify went down for a little bit. People on Twitter were like, oh my God. You see, I mentioned I learned from people on Twitter. I was sitting there listening to an episode of a podcast on Repod. It's actually the Mina Kimes pod. I was like, I'm not having any issues because I'm listening on Repod. So look at that. Uh, but you can also find community pages for all GSPN pods. We post there. We talk about the episodes there. I, for some, whatever reason, Jordan and I, Jordan Tresky, always have great back and forth on Repod. I don't, we don't really talk to Jordan outside of Repod anymore. Honestly, it's just, that's our hub. We, we have some great talk about Rogers there. You talk about the Bucks, a Bojan and Bojan conversation on there, Bojan Bogdanovic. So. Make sure you're on Repod. Join Repod.com slash GSPN to find the Bucks feed. But there's also other pods. You can listen to them to find their links. I think it's just the pod name instead of GSPN. But you can also just get on Repod and search Cruising for a Bruising. Make time for this Talk of the Tundra. You'll find those pages too. But Repod is great. Doesn't go down. As the, from what I've seen, I'm not, I'm not saying it never ever does. But I haven't seen it. Um, and it's a great discussion platform. So if you have thoughts on the episode or specific topics, in addition to the discord, you can certainly share those at on repod and we will, uh, engage in some discourse because Twitter, I just can't do anymore. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad we, I'm glad we got that. But uh, the guy I want to talk about that talk about in the core four first is Giannis. And you, how, how can you not? 
I know this isn't, we're not trying to be a reactionary. This is not going to be like a reactionary episode. But Giannis did just drop his second, wow, 50-point game (laughs) of the season uh, after dropping his career-high 55 against the Wizards a few weeks ago. Can I hit you with a couple quick Giannis stats? Yes, please. He just tied last night his record for 40 burgers in a single season with 10. This is his numbers over the four games since everyone's been back. The points number is just silly. 38.3 points in 30.4 minutes. We've seen Giannis outscore his minutes a lot. Outscoring your minutes by eight is ridiculous. Like that doesn't – over four games, that's a lot, dude. 38 points in 30 minutes. 62% from the field. I mean, this one's silly. 46.7% from three. People noted in the Discord, he's he's pushing forward on those jumpers, which he usually kind of goes straight up or a little bit back. The forward jumper looks nice on Giannis. 12.8 rebounds, four and a half assists for Giannis on this four-game win streak. 58% from free throw. We won't talk about that. Was it the Denver game, I think, that was really bad? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But Bucks won. They got through it. But Giannis has just been uh, a, a freaking wrecking ball. Over these four games. I think he is enjoying. I think that everyone on the team seems to be enjoying how healthy they are, especially in the ball handler department. And Giannis is, there's been a couple of these games where he just decided they were going to win in the first quarter and then they won. And it's been so fun to watch. He had, what did he have? 18 in eight minutes against the Pelicans. Yeah, I think so. It was the Pelicans, like you mentioned earlier, no Zion, no BI, no CJ. Uh, not that CJ is going to make a difference. Uh, I mean, the, the, that's not the guys who's probably going to. I mean, they still have Herb Jones. Who remember when Herb Jones was like, like NBA nerds are ready to put him like tenth on their trade value list, and now it's just like, yeah, yeah, Herb Jones. Yeah. No. Now it's like, ooh, Trey Murphy's the. Yeah, guy. it's always Johnny there's Jones. always some wing. <laughs> Uh, not no disrespect to Trey Murphy, who's been excellent, or Herb Jones. I mean, they're fine yeah. players, but you know, Tall Tybal just doesn't move me that much. I'm sorry. <laughs> and well, I mean, what? It, it's look at a, a guy who has no history of good shooting shoots good for part of a season and then doesn't anymore. It's we've seen this movie before. We we listen we to make time have. for this. Yeah, Adam probably doesn't like the movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that seems to be a trend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like. Again, no Zion. Not that Zion's going to try to. He's he's not known for being a defensive stopper, but um, you know you you're just missing your core players. Jackson Hayes not a world beater on defense. No, he's it's big. Just, but... It was it was still that's still ridiculous. Yeah, that is still absolutely ridiculous. Like you mentioned, he is benefiting a lot from these score like these ball handlers being healthy. Because one thing you mentioned, he's averaging four and a half assists. If it's dominant Giannis, you would think that it's a little bit higher in the assist department. But that's actually, in my opinion, that's a good thing Mm. that it's a little bit lower. Because he is not being tasked to be like, you know, having to do everything. He doesn't have to score and create for himself. If he's scoring, he just has to worry about scoring. If he has to create, the defenses are loaded against him. He only has to worry about creating and other players can go finish. In this situation where everyone's healthy, it's very, very good that Giannis's assist numbers are down because it means that other players are getting him involved. He's going to be the one finishing actions rather than having to start them and try and finish them and do everything else. Oh, and be a great defender. If you can lessen his load in one department, it's going to make everything else thrive because he's going to have that extra juice 
to go out there and perform because he doesn't have to worry about doing all this other stuff. I also think that just the the aftershock of teams having to, there's been really strong three point shooting in this stretch as well. I don't have the team numbers, but I mean, you look at player by player, like Pat is shooting 65% in these games, Grayson 38%, Chris 33, which I think one or two games was quiet, but the other way he was really effective. Ingles 50%, Javon 66, West 50. Like a lot of guys are hitting their threes right now for the Bucks. I think it's obviously a little bit of an unsustainable wave. I think their team shooting is really high over these few games. But also, I do think part of it is like the ball handlers and guys are getting set up better. And I think throughout the games, I mean, Giannis is starting hot in some of them, but the increased level of perimeter play means that teams cannot default to just like, all right, we'll just have three guys in the paint at all times for Giannis. Because if you do, Pat is hitting shots. Drew is hitting shots. You know, Chris is coming off the bench right now. But Grayson's been hitting his shots, right? Brooke Lopez has been really effective in the paint. Brooke is averaging 14 points. Brooke, it feels like, doesn't have to exert at all. Is only shooting 26% in this win streak. Still scoring 14 points per game. They're finding him against mismatches more often, which is so fun to watch. He's just like... I don't know how it's not more of an offensive foul. Like, he kind of uses that off arm to just, like, move little guys out of the way and then, like, put the ball in. It's like, all right, whatever. It's They don't call it. It works. That's Brooke Lopez for you. Um, but I, I think Giannis is benefiting from the perimeter play just leveling up now with the three-headed monster of Drew Chris Ingles handling the ball. Guys are getting better looks and making them more often. And that means like that, you know, you can't just put four guys in the paint against Giannis because the Bucks are actually making you pay. And that's what they weren't doing earlier in the season when there was all this, Oh, Giannis's efficiency is a little bit down. I don't think we can start him in the all-star game because, you know, is he just getting worse? No, of course he's not getting worse. Look at, look at what's around him. Look at what teams are able to do against him. And right now they're not. And so he's just demolishing them because there's no way to defend him when you have to respect his teammates as well. So I think this has been a really exciting stretch for that reason. And also I think an underrated thing, we'll talk a lot about Chris, I'm sure on this episode, like it's nice to see Giannis play at this level again too, after like two of his worst games before he first goes out missing more games than usual with knee soreness. And there was a little bit of like, Oh God, like, you know, obviously we focus so much on Chris's injury and now Bobby, but I mean, if Giannis isn't good, you know, you're not going to win four series. You might not win one. They got through the Hawks series without him for part of it, but that's really, I mean, as your favorite expression, he is the straw that stirs the drink. You really need him healthy. It's great to see him like, yeah, I'm good. I just needed a couple games, like whatever. Like if this is, if this is what it takes down the line, like he needs a week off every so often in the regular season, that works with me, man. Go right ahead. The Bucks held it, held on enough. They're third in the East right now, basically tied in record for second in the East with the Sixers. That works. If there's going to be games like this because of the time off, by all means, uh, I'll I'll buy another ticket. If I have a ticket for a game that Giannis misses due to managing that knee, that's fine with me. Um, so it's been amazing to watch him. I'm not going to even talk that much about the threes. It's cool. We'll see. But uh, just watching him play like this in general is always delightful, but especially after the injury layoff. Oh, for sure. It's just it's it's so beautiful to watch. You don't you never want to take this for granted uh, as a as a watcher of the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, because you're never going to see anything like this again. So it's just you, you. I'm glad I'm glad we talked about him first. I'm glad we recognize it. But like you mentioned, Ty. 
one of the reasons that you can have Giannis performing like this is you have that three-headed monster back. And you know who's back, Ty. Oh, is he ever. Middleton oh, is yeah. back. He's back, and he looks more spry. Ty, he dunked mm. at us like in 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 the half court offense against the Pelicans. This Bucks medical staff, Suki Hudson, they're just <laughs> they're they're magicians. Upstock, upstock, yeah, upstock for the Bucks. Upstock for Brooke. Upstock for Chris. Hopefully just, Bobby. Hopefully Bobby gets back and he's like a seventy percent three point shooter. They can just iron that out while they're at it with the uh, the, the knee. He can move on defense. Well, okay, come on, bro. We're doing positives. I know. That's what I'm saying. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, but Chris, Chris. Chris Chris looks good, Ty. He's starting to find his rhythm again. Again, the jumper wasn't there in like the first game, which is like, yeah, sure. That's going to happen. He's still on a minutes restriction. He's still coming off the bench. Uh, did, he, he's playing around 15 minutes a night, um, even though he got up to 17 against the Oh, it was only 17. I, I was so excited about those two minutes. <laughs> but he looks good. He's getting to his spots. It seems like the team is making a concerted effort to say, hey, Chris, go go get your own rhythm. Yeah. Go, like, you know, like, who cares about this half-court set? You go ISO, you go try to get your own shots because it's like this is this is the time where you find your rhythm. This is the time where you necessarily practice because teams don't really, teams don't practice anymore, especially the Bucks. So if there's any time, it's this stretch of games against the Pelicans without Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. It's the Pacers without Tyrese Halliburton. It's it's these stretch of games where it's like, yeah, Chris, this is your opportunity. Go figure it out. Go get yourself back into being Chris Middleton, three-time All-Star NBA champion Chris Middleton. And he's looking like he's starting to find his old self again, Ty. He's getting his jumpers. His little turnaround fades are there in mid-range. He's pulling up for three. And the most important thing is he's handling the ball well. He's running an offense well. You can see him be like, okay, this is this is my floor when it's just like, He's the one handling the ball, initiating the offense. You're like, okay, he looks comfortable doing this again. And this is what we've been missing. I feel like a lot of um, Bucks, uh, Bucks watchers, maybe myself included, have sort of, have sort of forgotten what Chris Middleton brings to this team because we haven't seen him in so, so long that you, when he does things, you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's the Chris Middleton we know and love. That's the guy who's going to, you know, snake pick and roll super well, hit mid-range jumpers. That's the guy who's going to start driving to the rim. That's the guy who's going to pull up for three in your face and knock it down and give blow you a kiss on, as he's running back on defense. Has he ever like, done that? No, but I oh. wish he does. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, did I forget the most, like, romantic Chris Middleton moment? Maybe on Valentine's Day against his boo, the Boston Celtics. Chris loves yes. playing Boston. So... It's that version of Chris Middleton that we're starting to see again, and it's just beautiful. And it, like you, like we were talking about with Giannis, it makes the rest of the team go. It opens up so much. He's a talent that other teams have are forced to respect, and so that just opens up everything else. The early shooting numbers over these four games, you look at less than ten feet, which I don't think we've always looked at as maybe a strength for Chris. Shooting 81% there so far, 9 for 11. He's been automatic around the basket. The funny thing is his worst shooting has been catch and shoot, which is not typical for Chris. I think maybe speaks to the rust and some of his looks early. He's 0 for 3 from 2 and 2 for 7 from 3 on catch and shoot looks. So really just not making those. Pull-ups, he's 3 for 8, both from 3 and 2. So 
you know, I'd like to see that two number a little bit higher, but 37% on threes, we'll take that. These are obviously all extremely limited sample. But from the eye test, yeah, we've seen Chris do the Chris stuff. And I, I pulled up the numbers because it has felt like when he's around the basket and pulling up, it's just automatic. Like nobody's able to guard him there right now. And it's just great to see him, as you mentioned, walk back into like the old Chris stuff of like, oh, you're six foot six trying to guard me. It's not going to work, pal. That's going right over your head. And that's cash money uh, from the three as well. It'll be exciting to see him play more as we go. Hopefully, maybe next time out, we can see 20 minutes. I'm sure we might not see him on, on maybe this upcoming back-to-back. That's all right. I certainly understand that. But We're just not like, going to see Kawhi or PG either. So Yeah, uh, those guys are like part-time players at this point. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I think Chris is more understandable because he's just got back again versus Kawhi's. I mean, maybe Kawhi's never gotten back fully from to the Clippers, quite honestly. But anyway... Um, overall, Chris shooting 46% from the field, despite 33% from three, 3.8 assists, which I think is third on the bucks in that time. Like he's moving the ball, shooting well. I have a hundred percent confidence that the three number will come around given just the way he looks. I mean, the stats can be kind of horrible, which I don't think they are, but they could be kind of horrible. And if I saw him look like this, I would still be like, oh man, like he can help. That'll come around. That's Chris. Some of the classic Chris blunders as well. Um, he had a, a pick and roll pass just like directly into two arms of a Pelican defending him. And I was like, he's back. That is, yep, that's that's what I'm used to. It was scary though. That play, he kind of fell out of bounds and he got up a little slow. I was like, no, Chris. I was like, oh wait, Chris is just gangly and, and kind of moves like that. Okay, no, yeah, he's back. He looks good. He jogs back up the floor and a bunch of bucks were laughing because Ingles got a, a transition steal Right after that, I think they were laughing at Ingles' clamps or who knows. Ingles was also saying something to a Pelican, so maybe that was what they were laughing at. Um, but Chris, it's just been great. And I think I'm really excited about the potential of having being able to stagger three true ball handlers plus Giannis, who's also a ball handler, throughout playoff games. I think we have the potential to see the best Bucks offense in the playoffs that we've ever seen because I think they have – I mean, again, assuming Chris continues to ramp up, stays healthy, gets to his normal minutes load, but it's not like he looks totally gassed by the end of his stints. I do think he's lost a little bit of steam, but I think that's also just like acclimating the play again, and we have months before the playoffs begin. So feeling great about Chris so far. It's it's hard it's hard not to feel great about Chris. I think it's just like, one, we're just excited to have him back after having him be out so long. And just like I mentioned earlier, just the way he opens stuff up for everyone else, the way that he unlocks the full version of Giannis, the way he makes Drew Holiday uh, sort of become like, oh, an ancillary scorer. It's like, oh, yeah, Drew Holiday. This is what I was talking about like a couple episodes ago, where it's like, yeah, this is the time for Drew Holiday to get into a rhythm uh, where now, now that he's like, you know, not have to be like the second leading scorer every single night, even though he usually is now. Because yeah. Chris is still coming off the bench, but he has less of a load on him. Drew Holiday still, you know, he's still uh, performing well. He's still putting up good offensive numbers. And it's because he got himself into a rhythm earlier in the season. And now it's just like, okay, yeah, just keep this momentum going into the postseason. I think the most important thing out of all of this is the ability to stagger those three ball handlers, like you mentioned, those four ball handlers, really. Um, 
throughout the entire game. So you have like currently it's it's currently have two off the bench, two starting. That's not gonna that's not gonna no. It's not gonna yeah. continue. Unless like Chris Middleton wants to make a late push for six man of the year. I don't think he um, does. I don't think Chris I, cares I about anything, to be honest. Any of the award stuff. Off. Yeah, no. Um Chris is gonna get his starting spot back eventually, whether yeah. that comes for Pat or for Grayson. That'll be an interesting uh Oh, I I think it's gonna be Pat probably. Yeah, I'm not probably. saying I agree with that. I think that's what it'll be. Grayson's played yeah. pretty well. Grayson's played pretty well. You can't you can't really hate him for what yeah. he's been doing recently. Um We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. But yeah, it's like once once you can stagger those ball handlers, once you can have them on the floor, like at least two on the floor at all times, that's like you mentioned. That's when this Bucks offense is going to reach its peak and yeah. probably levels that we've never seen before. What? Are, because what are, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say on previous episodes, I've mentioned how even though the Bucks have had Chris Middleton in the past, their offense still manages to get bogged down in the playoffs. Now you just have more ball handling, more offensive initiation to really keep this team going throughout the entire game of a postseason run. What are the two two man combos that you think will be the best? And I, obviously they don't have to do it two and two. They can do three and one. They can do whatever. But let's just simplify. What are the like? You have to split that group of four into two twos. What do you think is best? I'm torn between two options. I think the obvious Chris Giannis, and then just like Drew Joe is just like that. that I think Drew Joe can work with any other three bucks. Like that they're, they're so they both can handle. They both can score and. 
like Joe is so good at moving it around the perimeter and finding guys in the paint. And also I think he and Drew have pretty good chemistry already. He found Drew for a pass right under the basket that was like a freaking bullet. Drew smoked the layup, unfortunately, but it was a beautiful pass. And then we know Chris and Giannis. I also do think, though, Chris Drew and Joe Giannis has a lot of potential as well. Because I think Chris and again, Chris, like Drew and any other player, like, sure. Like, I think Drew, Drew Giannis works as well. But I just think, I mean, honestly, the way he's shooting this year, Drew Giannis really does work as well. But I think you can just put Drew with pretty much anyone. Joe Giannis has a ton of potential. Like the, the two guys who throw Giannis lobs, playing with Giannis, they're also floor spacers. They also pull up very comfortably around screens. So I think either having the Chris Giannis or Joe Giannis pick and roll as you know one of your like bench options, either way, that's pretty electric. But what would you go for for your pairings? It's interesting. Like you mentioned, uh, Chris Giannis, it's hard to, it's hard that's to. That's the really classic. Think. Yeah. Yeah. That's you Pokemon Red. You can't, that, that's, you know, there's some people who will always pick that one and that might be one of them. I mean, that's, that's, it's your two best players. So yeah. obviously you want to have those on the floor at the same time. Um, one thing I've really been intrigued with is Joe, Chris and Drew Giannis. So now um, we're getting all of them. <laughs> Every yeah, pair, be, that, it's a good it's a good four players, but any way you go, it's like, oh, yeah, I could see that. That works. Drew Giannis, I feel like, has just worked together like so well all season long. You need to incorporate that more. You don't want to go away from one thing that you've sort of found as a strength this season because it's not something that the Bucks have really Bucks have really done so much in Drew Holiday's tenure with the Milwaukee Bucks. It's always been Chris Giannis, and then Drew is usually running bench units. But now this season, we've seen a lot more of Drew Giannis, and Drew Giannis works really, really well. And if you want to do Chris, uh, Chris Joe, that's just two large dudes who can just handle, see every pass, and just yeah, we'll we'll go out there. We need if you if you we can have like defensive minded guards out there like Javon Carter and Drew Holiday as well. But he doesn't even have to do much uh, in terms of ball handling. If you just want to have Chris and Joe run your show. You can just have those two focus on defense. You can have whatever center you want on the court because it's still going to be a strong defensive lineup. Hopefully it's Brooke. Uh, but Bobby, you know, get get well soon. Uh, just Chris and Joe, they just see the floor so well for their size and they can make the passes. And one thing uh, that Chris can do more than Joe is sort of create his own shot. So if you want two guys uh, who can create their own shot sort of staggered, the first guy being Giannis, second guy being Chris, you know, maybe separating those two is not the worst idea in some in some games because you're always going to have a guy who can be like, yeah, I'm going to be the main scorer here. I'm going to be the prolific scorer rather than when you have Drew Holiday and Joe Ingles. Like I mentioned earlier, Drew Holiday is becoming a more prolific scorer on his own. What? He's the weakest of the three, which is a strong three. It's a very, very strong three. Yeah. But when you have Giannis and you have Chris, yeah, Drew Holiday, I'm sorry, you're third. Uh, so if you can step, stagger Giannis and Chris a little bit, so even though you have these ball handlers out there, and like you mentioned, any combination works. But as long as one of them is always going to be a main shot creator on the floor at the same time, you can't really go wrong there. I think, you know, it's easy to look at like, look at like, oh, Chris is 11 points in this span. What are you talking about? He's the most, you know, the second most. Obviously, you're protecting full health for Chris. And also, if you per 36 those numbers, or even just like per 30, let's just double them. He's like 22. God, how many? Is that 3.8 assists? So like, 
seven assists, you know, five rebounds. Like, he's still there. He's just not playing as much right now. I want to talk a little bit more about lineups, a little bit more about Ingles, who I'm just kind of obsessed with. And we have to talk about Cam Reddish at some point, Rohan. The, the rumor mill is heating up. But first, I want to talk about PB&Js. Did you know that Feeding America, Eastern Wisconsin, has teamed up with Bobby Portis Jr. of the Milwaukee Bucks, get well soon, Bobby, for the 20th annual PB&J Challenge. Why peanut butter and jelly? The sandwich is a timeless classic. A lot of people can remember enjoying a delicious PB&J sandwich after a long day at school or playing outside. Peanut butter is also one of the most requested items, food items, at shelters and pantries. This shelf-stable protein provides necessary nutrients for children, and is great in a meal or a snack. Knowing that nearly 20% of Wisconsin's kids are food insecure, donations of peanut butter can help kids with the food and fuel they need for successful days in class and at play. There's multiple ways to get involved. You can host a PB&J drive at your school or business or organization, or you can donate to the cause. A $1 donation will provide seven sandwiches to kids in our community. All of our donations stay 100% local, just go to feedingamericawi.org slash Bobby. Bobby's been a great teammate at Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin, which shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. His foundation hosted a mobile food distribution. He is fully committed to helping fight hunger in our community. The mayor of Milwaukee, to be clear, speaking about Bobby, not the actual one, although the actual one probably as well, uh, is truly living up to his title and helping those in need. Other ways to contribute at your local pick-and-save store, donate 5 bucks at the register to provide 35 sandwiches, or order the kids' meal at Cousin Subs. Their new PB&J sandwich will come with a custom Portis headband, and Cousins will donate to Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin for each PB&J sandwich meal kids purchase, or sandwich kids meal purchase. So make sure to help out Feeding America. Can't say enough about how important that work is to helping kids in the Milwaukee area and Eastern Wisconsin in general. For sure. Uh, it's, it's something that we're proud to proud to partner with and hope everyone can contribute. And we have um, kind of an exciting, exciting thing coming soon related yeah, to that. Can't, do. Can't, not going to really say it. Got some details to iron out, but uh, I think some, some listeners can uh, feel the love from, you know, this partnership as well, hopefully. So more on that to come. So we'll call it tease in the industry, Ty. Yeah, exactly. See, you get it. Um, Joe Ingles. Ingles. You're you're obsessed with him. Talk, talk to me about Are him. you not? I mean, I just watch him play and I just feel like he unlocks other bucks so much. Like, first, I, I think he is part of the reason that, like, you just watch the games. I just feel like this is the most fun. Like the this the trio of Bucks has had easily since they won the title. And I don't like I, winning it was fun. I think the whole series was such a damn grind. Like it wasn't like whoa, hot take there, Ty. Winning the title is fun. Yeah, winning the title is pretty fun. Like I can't go back farther than that. But you look at last regular season and this regular season so far. I don't think any basketball has looked more fun than when Ingles is out there, like with some of Chris, Giannis, Drew, Brooke. The ball is just moving. Like I, I just this. It reminds me of what I hoped for. If they had gotten Wall, and they didn't, and Wall hasn't really worked out with the Clippers either, I think Ingles is actually much better fit for this than Wall even would have been because he's also an elite shooter off the dribble, which, again, didn't really expect that 50% over these four games. And he just looks so damn comfortable stepping in when he goes around screens. But I just think what he does for the offense, the facilitation, and he just keeps the ball moving. I mean, he gets the ball. He's usually out on one of the elbows beyond three. And he'll pass fake, pass over, 
like he'll he'll get it. He he did a, amazing. Did you see? I don't know. It was the Pelicans game. I think he Pat is on the elbow. Joe's in the corner. Pat kind of fakes passes to Joe. Joe immediately swings it back to Pat while both defenders are moving toward Joe, and it's a wide open three. Like he just he moves a step ahead of of the defense in a way that. You know, maybe Giannis and really not anyone else on the Bucks does. I mean, Drew and Chris are, are great passers, but they're not like throwing a pass before the defense reacts or while they're moving to something else. Joe is. And it really like it busts defenses. Like doing that on a team with Giannis and Chris and Drew and, you know, the elite shooters on the Bucks, it really like when he's out there, he is a force multiplier to the offense. And now you're seeing these guys who are used to, we talked about the hard way. Their offense has been the hard way of doing things. It looks so much easier with him out there. And I think the guys just have a blast because of it. Also, I have to imagine they love that. He's just like, like just tearing everybody a new one. When he, like he never stops oh, talking. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's, it's, it's a guy where the only other guy like that on the team is really Bobby. Yeah. But it's He's just, it, a, but I think Joe gets under guys skin even more. Cause Bobby is like, aggressive. Bobby doesn't talk trash. Really. Yeah. Yeah, he's more an enforcer. Joe yeah. is Joe's going to be talking. He's, all he's laughing long. at guys. You see him laugh at guys during the games. Like it's it's amazing. I love that energy. He's he's gonna like this is his own words. Uh, he's uh, uh, so I'm not I'm not just yeah, <laughs> John, yeah. I'm not just saying. This. Um, <laughs> he says like, oh, I'm a bald and old white guy, but I'm still gonna I'm still gonna tear you <laughs> one. Um, but no, it's been phenomenal. It's been absolutely phenomenal. I, it was a win-win situation for me. Uh, yeah, with, yep, the, yep. with the Joe Ingles, no thing. downside. Yeah, either the Bucks and Joe Ingles are good, or I'm right. So I'm happy to be wrong in this situation. A lot of people. This is more of a. This is more of an existential thing. A lot of people in this world, Ty, are not are not happy to be wrong. I take it as a learning experience. It's, I'm very I'm very happy to be wrong because. It gives me an opportunity to learn something. So, yeah, I'm very... that's, that's wise. Wise beyond your 14 and a half years, Rohan. <laughs> as soon as you said wise, I was like, oh, what age is he going to say? Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm happy to be wrong in this situation. I'm happy to eat crow uh, as yeah. I'm learning these expressions. Um, it's, it's a good it's one. The, the, the passing is ridiculous. Passing... Passing like great passes, in my opinion, are the sexiest plays in basketball. Yeah, like I, everyone, like a lot of people prefer like high flying dunks, like stuff like that. Chris, like great passes are just because it's just it's a show of basketball intelligence and the ability to make said passes. Uh, so Joe Ingles brings a passing level to this team that we haven't really seen from any other like forward addition because it's tough to find guys like these. Yeah. It's tough to find like forwards who are actually super intelligent and can pass the ball, basically be your point guard. Uh, it's he's, he's a unicorn player. Um, so he fits really well on this Bucks team filled with unicorns. So it's just, it's been a pleasure to watch. He, he can unlock. So I don't think we've seen, the peak of what this team can be with no. Joe Ingles on it yet. And I don't think we're even close because we're only what, like 20 something games in or 15 games in to Joe Ingles playing with, as a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. It, it's always a smaller number than I think. Cause in my head, I'm like, this has been like kind of the season of Joe in a lot of ways. I mean, Chris returning, obviously every season is about Giannis, but like one of the main takeaways after like the first couple of games when I was so out and I also, 
Again, I, I agree with you. Thrilled to eat crow. Any, anytime I'm low on the box and I end up wrong, I'm like, hell yeah, dude, this is great. Please do this more. Um, yeah. so, uh, but yeah, it's like, it, it's not a, it's not a huge number of total games he's played with the box already this season, but it is one of those. I, I almost think that his long rehab process, not, not saying uh, it was actually shorter than expected, honestly, but I think him being around the team so much and being able to observe kind of helped him after those first couple games hit the ground running and really know a lot about the guys. There's still, you know, some growing pains of acclimating a new player. But I think you look at, I mean, as far as bringing someone totally new, he's really the only guy who's totally new outside of like Marjan into the fold. I think he fit as quickly as possible. And I think part of that is like a culture and personality fit. Like I always see on IG, like he and Drew's kids will play together. Like stuff like that is so cool to see. Like, it's really that Bucks kind of family energy in the locker room, and I think he is a seamless fit there. It's just it's a, it's a perfect fit all around. Like you couldn't ask for a better player to fit. And we we talked about this. Like the Bucks organization before Joe Ingles returned was raving about yeah. what Joe can bring, and so far they look to have been proven right. They they have indeed. Uh, I want to rapid fire one more player. Um, I guess to, I mean, do you count Brooke? Is there anything else to say about Brooke? Like he just rocks. Like we did the, the, the threes fell off the, a little the bit. The shooting is, is, is a little concerning, a but little I'm not, bit. I'm never going to, I'm never going to get overly concerned about Brooke because Brooke is just a rock. He's yeah. just, he's just so stable that even if he's having a little shooting slump, it's like, Hey, we'll take that. You had a great shooting earlier. Cause we're used to you not shooting super well from three now, <laughs> yeah. uh, these last few years. So, Hey, any, anytime you're making them, we'll take it. I trust in the Noah. I'm I there. trust in the Noah. I trust in the you, Noah. He'll be. You're back. a Noah believer. I am. You're you're gonna you're gonna build an ark. <laughs> I, I will for Brooke. Me and me and Adam McGee will be out there just pounding the boards together. Brooke Brooke stands. I think everyone in GSPN is a Brooke stand. To be fair, um, I actually I kind of a two stands at Brooke stands. Yeah, they should be. Javon Carter and Wes Matthews. I think. West just looks alive right now, and I think it's great to see. I don't know if it was rust earlier or whatever it was. He, he looks just great. looks alive. He, he does. Like he, he's very zippy, four rebounds per game, shooting 50% on this winning streak. He just looks good. He looks better defensively too, I think. Like he's really hanging in there. And I think Javon, 72% from the field, 66% from three on this streak. I think, you know, we talk about the effect that having these three ball handlers plus Giannis does for Giannis. I think this has been great for Javon, who it's like, you know, we wanted to see him handle the ball. He would do it. He wouldn't do it. I just don't think ultimately, end of the day, that's his comfort level. That's his skill set. I don't think, I don't know if that's what he wants to do all the time. In this role, I think he's perfect of just like make life hell for the other team when you're out there. He fouled out, I think, of the um, Nuggets game because he was just like yeah. so aggressive. He was one of the quickest fallouts in uh, the NBA. Yeah, this and it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like one of those like intentional fouls. Like he was just aggressive, and you know, some meh calls, but whatever. Um, but I mean, DeAndre Jordan fouled out in less time than him in that game, so. <laughs> trying to guard Giannis, which I kind of understand. Um, so Javon's minutes are low in part because of that, but really shooting. I think he was six for six from the field in that game, and I think him just being able to be an off-ball player offensively. Like you can tell, I think that that's that's his true role on this team, which is fine. I, I think uh, some people just soured on him after earlier in the year when he kind of wasn't coming through and he was the starting point guard. And I think I understand that, but also you, you don't have to just be out on him for the rest of the season. 
because he struggled in that role. And I think the role he's in right now is perfect. And he's like a very good, you know, rotation, kind of lower, but still rotation player who can come in and really provide useful services for the Bucks. For sure. For sure. Like, it's just, it's good to see after he had found really strong footing, Javon Carter did early in the season. And then once uh, once players started to come back, it's a it transition to a bench role. It didn't really work out so well for him. So it's it's really nice to see guys like Javon finding their footing. And Wes Matthews, like you mentioned, he looks alive again. You know what he looks like he's doing, Ty, in these what? last few games? It looks like he's filling in for Bobby Portis. Oh, I love that. that the energy he, role. The energy role. He's out here. He's crashing the boards, the offensive yeah. boards, and getting putbacks. And it's like... Okay, Wes, this is really impressive. It's really impressive when Bobby does it, but you're, like, much smaller than Bobby Portis. So if you can see a guy like Wes Matthews go out there and scrap him, you're like, yeah, hell yeah, man. Yeah. Wes Matthews playing his role. He, uh, Some some other vets on the team who weren't getting playing time could probably Mm. learn a lot from Mm. Wes Matthews. Interesting. In Uh, terms of how do you you contribute to a championship winning team? Yeah, maybe by playing. I shouldn't say that. that. Uh, The other guys won the championship, but like not in this role. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Um, I think he'll be out of here soon. Um, But yeah, West has been – I think in general I wanted to talk about this um, and just real quick because I want to do a little bit of trade stuff. But the focus on the offensive glass has really been noticeable these few games as well. And I think the tip out, that's what they do the most. I mean Bobby and Giannis will just grab them. But I think Wes, Grayson, Pat, and Drew really have been putting in work on those tip outs. And I think this is what we saw in the championship season. Like if you're able as the Bucks to both win the numbers in terms of you don't let teams in the paint, you score really efficiently at the rim, you open up your own threes and try to limit the other team's threes, and you have more possessions, that's just so many things adding up in your favor. If they could stop turning the ball over, then they could really be a juggernaut, but you know, one thing at a time. But I think those offensive boards have been huge this year. Okay. Cam Reddish. We have to talk about him. He keeps coming up. Now, uh, you know, I I think this kind of reminds me of the Grant Williams stuff from last year where it's like the Knicks are trying to make this happen. I think the Bucks are kind of like it's the opposite situation. So I think the Bucks and, and Celtics talked about Dante and the Celtics were interested, and the Bucks were like, "Okay, send Grant Williams." And the Celtics were like, "Uh, no." It was, I kind of Dennis Schroeder and Grant Williams. Yeah, played, right? yeah, I think that was that was what it was going to be. So I think this is kind of the opposite of like, you know, the Knicks are like, "Hey, we'd like Grayson and Serge. Uh, we'll give you Cam Reddish." And the Bucks are like, "Uh, how about Emmanuel quickly?" And the Knicks are like, "Eh, yeah, probably not. We'll see though." Like, I, th- there just keeps being reports about Reddish. Are you surprised if the if this if these are true? And the Bucks really want this developmental wing prospect. It's not super surprising because, you, like, the Bucks are going to do their due diligence, right? They're gonna, they have some semblance of a youngish core here. Like when you have like guys who fit the timeline, when you have uh, Marjan, you have like Javon's young, uh, like AJ Green is there. He's he's something. <laughs> It's not a great young core if the third name you mentioned is two-way player AJ Green out of Northern Iowa, Rohan. I'm sorry. I mean, like he's had a good rookie year. He's had a good rookie year, but that's that's not. And the second player is Javon Carter, who's on his fifth NBA (laughs) season, I think. You take what you can get, right? No, for sure. For (laughs) sure. When you're a team who's traded all their picks and is a team that is trying to win the title right now, you take what you can get. I I get it. Um, I get it. 
So it makes sense that the Bucks are doing their due diligence, trying to like say, hey, maybe it's it's like that Arrested Development meme. It's like it's it hasn't worked for everyone else, but maybe it'll work for us. Yeah. Uh, look at me making pop culture references. That was good. I'm uh, sure you only saw you. the meme. You didn't see the episode. I have not seen the episode yep. yet. Okay, nailed it. Uh, Go on. But I'm, I'm, I'm starting the show. I'm starting the show. That's a good one. Um, it's uh, it, it's it's fine. It's not super surprising. Uh, I I would be very confident in saying that all of this leaks are not coming from Milwaukee. I would say they're more coming from New York, trying to drum up trade interest for Cam Reddish so they can maybe take his price up from a second round pick, uh, because that's what it is right now. That's what. No, no team is going to trade an actual asset for Cam Reddish. Yeah. Because why would you? There's been nothing to prove that says, "Hey, we need to go get Cam Reddish on our team." There was one game, Ty. One they, game. They're a middling team, and their best wing player was out for a lot of the season, and they still wouldn't play him. And it's like you just can't expect there to be that much. And he's also a free agent at the end of the year. You just can't expect there to be that much trade interest in a guy who you can't find minutes for. Wing players are the easiest guys to find minutes for. And R.J. Barrett was out for so long. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Bucks. So the Bucks have incoming this year a truly just but second round pick, the worst of Cleveland Golden State. So it's actually it's not not as bad as you would think before the year because Golden State's been so bad. But Cleveland's probably going to be a top ten record by the end of the season, pretty comfortably, I think. So that's probably going to be like the fiftieth pick in the draft. I am notoriously maybe low on Cam Reddish. But if the trade is Serge, Wara, and that second-round pick for Cam Reddish, why not, I guess? Like, I don't think the issue with the young guy is Bud playing him too much. And if he really does hit, then, you know, you have his bird rights. You can re-sign him if you really want to. Again, I'd be a little surprised. I agree with you. I think this is clearly coming from the Knicks, who can't find anything for the guy. Because, again, as I said, they don't play him. So it's like, okay, if Jordan Moore is getting more run than a guy lately, it's probably not a good sign for him. But, I mean, it's like that's fine. If they can finagle quickly and Grayson gets included, I'm also in on that, even though I'm not sure about quickly's fit. And we just talked about the Bucks ball handlers. But – you talk about a young core, that that's pretty intriguing. I, there's going to be a trade. They're going to at least trade Surge. I think they're going to explore Grayson upgrades. But I, I don't think they're in love with Cam Reddish. And I, I honestly, at this point, I'm kind of betting against the Knicks trade. I bet they do something else because I feel like they don't love to operate around these like rumor-heavy teams that much. Hey, Jordan Wara, oh, last, these last four games, if you want to look at two-player lineups who have played all four of the games, uh, you want to see you want to see uh, you to see the two best uh, two man lineups that both have Jordan Moore in them in terms of net rating. Just don't look uh, at his what, three point percentage and then what, trade West for Matthews. Him. West Matthews and Jordan Moore in these four games net rating of fifty point one time. They have an offensive rating of one hundred and fifty six point five. Yeah, that's Brooke all Lopez on them and Jordan too. Moore, fifty point zero <laughs> net rating. They have a defensive rating of eighty seven point five. Well, that's all because of Jordan Moore, not yeah. Brooke Lopez. Uh, the next highest. Chris Middleton and Jordan Wara. Wow. You know, net rating of 39 points. All I'm saying is Jordan Wara. Next highest after that, Drew Holiday and Jordan Wara. Net <laughs> <laughs> rating of 33.3. These are in double-digit minutes, Ty. All I'm saying, Jordan, hey, NBA, G, NBA uh, GMs up there. This Jordan Wara fellow looks like he's the one making Drew Holiday better, making yep. Chris Middleton, making Wes Matthews Brooklyn, it's not Ingles. We were wrong. It's it's Jordan Wara. It's Jordan Wara. And that's all that's all I could say. And then 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 Ty, then you get into Brook Giannis, Brook Chris, 
No, Jordan War comes first. Jordan War is more important than those guys. All I'm sure. saying is if you want if you're New York and you want to give or if you're if you're Detroit and you're like, mm. hey, we really want Jordan War. Hey, we'll 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 give you whatever. We'll give you Boyan and Cade for Jordan War. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, Rohan. You, you had me and I think you lost me there. But um, Oh, wait, wait, we we have breaking news. What's that? Uh the Suns have given permission to the Bucks to meet with Jay Crowder ahead of the trade deadline. Oh my god. So I was actually just gonna say that is the one rumor that I believe in. And I'm gonna pull up this is from Shams. I'm gonna pull up the athletic article and see if there's any more. But I, I do I do believe that they really want Crowder because I think it just makes sense and that's a very boxy move. The the issue is probably the third team because I feel like I don't think the the Suns don't want Grayson. And I don't know if the Bucks should even give up Grayson, but I, in this deal anymore, I also don't think the Suns want the poo-poo platter of I'm I'm sorry, elite value package of George Hill, Jordan Wara, and Surge or whatever else. Um, okay, a bunch about the Raptors. Nobody cares. Um, they're allowed to meet with him. They're the only team that's given permission to meet one-on-one. The Heat and Hawks are interested. They didn't get that permission. Jay wants to go win. Sorry, Heat and Hawks. Um, they've involved, they've been engaged in serious trade talks for months. Current proposals surrounding Jordan War, George Hill, Serge Ibaka, and second round draft compensation. Did I not just say that exact package before I read you that? Did. That's you exactly did. what we want to hear. They're searching for a third team to provide Phoenix with a forward. That's what the Hawks want. So they're uh, the, excuse me, the also Suns want. so they don't want Grayson, which is good. Yeah, which is which is good. So that that's been the the knockout, like the knockout outcome for the Bucks this whole time is you keep Grayson and add Crowder. And that just gives you so many options, so much flexibility. Like, let's just say the starting five continues as it is for now, and Grayson and Chris are in there, right? Then your bench is Javon Carter, Joe Ingles, um, Pat, Jay Crowder, and Bobby. Like, that is a crazy five-man bench by Buck standards. You look at the championship year last year, it was way, way worse than that. Like, Bryn Forbes was in there, Jeff Teague was in there, like... That and then Wes also. Wes is your eleventh guy with the way he's played is, is pretty damn good too. Maybe he slots in earlier than that against some teams. Who knows? But that is very exciting. So then it comes down to like what's a forward? I wonder, like, would the Hornets send PJ Washington over to Phoenix because maybe they're aimless? He's a free agent. Cam Reddish, I think, makes sense as a guy. I bet the Suns don't want him because nobody seems to. But, you know, would that be – could that be – he's clearly available for a second-round pick. Like, I think that's going to be the trade is one or two of those Bucks guys go somewhere, a forward from there goes to Phoenix, and then a second-round pick from maybe Phoenix and Milwaukee goes to the other team. I mean, we, we kept, apparently the Rockets one fell apart because the, the Suns wanted the Bucks to pay the Rockets for K.J. Martin, and it's like, no, the Suns should be paying for that. I just think their price has gone down because they're desperate and teams just don't have anything to give up for Crowder. Bucks included. Bucks have stuff to give up. They just won't. They're like the first clearly no. Marjan clearly no. I think now we're to Grayson clearly no as well. So it'll be fascinating to see what team they can find to send Alec Burks. Like will Alec Burks go over? Who knows? But like someone like that, he might not be big enough, but someone like that going to Phoenix now is, is the crux. It's, it's, Incredible to see how poorly this played out for both Jay Crowder and the Suns. Really bad, yeah. I mean, yeah. it might work out fine for Crowder. That's true. I mean, That's the Bucks true. look like a team ready to win a title without him, and they might have to give up zero true rotation pieces to get him. I mean, that that's not a terrible. I mean, he made he makes he's made about five million so far this season by 
posting IG videos. Like, I, I do you don't think know there was some dude? Do, do you think there was some like compensation, like payback before? Like, no. Since he's sitting out, we, I think, think we so? would have heard about it. I think we would have no heard Ben about Simmons it. situation. No, because they let him. They granted the permission. Yeah, they, like that's you fair. have to fight, and they didn't. They were just like, yeah, whatever, go home. And he was like, all right, cool. That's fair. Um, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the meat is about? Do you think it's about extension? Do you think it's about role? Oh, yeah, probably. Pro- I think extension seems like a big deal with him. Um, and I bet, I bet they give him a year if they do it. I, I think they give him one year. I, I don't think they give him more than one year. And I'd be fairly comfortable. It's his number is nine and a half right now, so it could go up a little bit. It could go down a little bit, but maybe they give him two years, and one is not fully guaranteed. I'd have to look at extension rules to see if you can do that. Like you give like two twenty or something. Yeah, two eighteen. Do you say in total or tack that on? Uh, total. Yeah, so you you tack on one more season after this one. I would do that. I'd be very comfortable with that. Yeah, he's making he's making ten point two this year. Oh, it's ten two. I thought it was nine five. Okay, so yeah, give him give him ten next year, something like that. Yeah, maybe maybe a little lower. Maybe give him like, or yeah. maybe you tack on two eighteen. Or do you do you want to see how he plays this season? Like, yeah, that's what I think. Maybe you tack on one for now, and you can always do more. Vet extensions are pretty easy, but that would be exciting to get him in to the Buck system for multiple years. I mean, that's again, he's a player with bird rights. Like, you can keep him if it goes well. Um, an extension probably would make sense. I, I don't know if roll would be. I, I, I guess it get a little tricky. It'd be very easy while Bobby's out to figure out his role, and I think he'll probably continue to play a lot when Bobby's back too. But depends how he looks. We haven't obviously haven't seen him play all season. Yeah, it's it's funny. I'm on Spot Track right now. His last transactions: June third, find four thousand dollars for ejection from Phoenix Lakers game playoff. <laughs> May twenty seventh, find two thousand dollars for ejection from Phoenix Lakers game playoff. Wait, are the Bucks <laughs> suddenly going to be like the NBA bad guys if they have Crowder, Bobby, and Joe? And, and people want to say, and people. I was going to say people want to say Giannis, but uh, yeah, people want to say. I mean, Thanasis is actually a UFC fighter on their team, so there's that too. I mean, we'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind that rep at all. I, I, I mean, Jay I Crowder, yeah. Jay Crowder, he fits the butt. Like, I've been a little, like, eh, on a Jay Crowder trade. But he he fits what the Bucks need. And if they can do it without giving up Grayson, that was that was yeah. sign up, sort of my hang-up. Yeah. Is, like, do you really want to give up Grayson for Jay Crowder? Yeah, I agree. Um, but if you can get Crowder without giving up Grayson, with, with getting rid of, basically, Jordan Wara... And a guy who doesn't want to be on the team. It's sad yeah. to lose Hill again, but I do think with yeah, J- I feel, Javon, I feel <laughs> Javon and Ingles, the way they're playing, I, I and Hill has been helpful this season. But I just think if it has to happen, it has to happen, right? And you look yeah, at plus he's played he's played on the he's played on the team this year. Which if the Bucks win a title, he is eligible. Yeah, for ring. and he he deserves he should get one. He Serge would should not absolutely. Yeah, he would absolutely deserve one. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Jay Crowder. It looks uh, it looks likely that we're going to see a little Milwaukee reunion here. That would I think I'd be very. I didn't, they might not be done. Who knows? That might not be the only move. But I do think I, I'm fine with that as the move if that's what it is. Like clear up a little bit of the logjam on the bench. I mean, you add a player, but you take out three. You get yourself that in buyout. I've already seen a couple. Is Will Barton going to be a buyout guy? I don't Gordon know. Gordon Hayward. That would be insane. I mean, that would be like people would be mad if they could get Hayward. He'd end up doing nothing, but I, I would certainly take him on a vet man buyout. That's for I sure. will. I will. I will take Gordon Hayward no matter what. <laughs> yeah. No, they're not. He's not a buyout candidate. He has thirty-one and a half next year. 
Well, you brought him up. Why did you? You yeah, said I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why I brought it up. You, Gordon Hayward, also you. He's not a buyout candidate, Ty. I say the very. Most, re- I say very realistic. Will Barton. You're like Gordon Hayward, and then you. Shoot I'm mostly down. frustrated at myself <laughs> for saying that because I feel like I saw that, like someone say Gordon Hayward is a bio kid. I was like, what are you talking about? I, I think uh, the, the kind of the problem is I feel like if they get Crowder, like I thought Covington, if he gets dealt from the Clippers to a bad team, could be one. But you don't really need him if you have Jay Crowder. Yeah, but and also Robert Covington, even though he's been with the team, has not been playing. Yeah. He plays here and there. He hasn't looked very good this season. They, yeah, they're a mess. Like they are for a team that everyone said, "Oh, they're going to the finals." Their roster is so great, myself included. Yeah, I, I think I was I was close. I think I went Denver, which I now I feel good about. Um, they've not been good. I think they kind of ran into the Bucks old thing, but even worse. And also, their stars just never played, so they don't really know what they have. Yeah, if they, I'll I'll say this: if they're healthy, come playoff time, who knows? Because their top out. two guys, no, their top two guys are so talented. Lucas, like, I'm not. Home. I'm not going to bet against it. I mean, they've sent Luca home before. They have, but I, I, yeah, yeah. I guess Luca's team does suck really bad. Never mind. I mean, I'd take Luca over both of those guys in the playoff yeah. season, in the playoff series. Excuse me, but I don't know. The team, the team might be. It might be better. We're going long. I've heard a lot of talk about this recently. It's crazy to think now that the Paul George Shea trade. They had to make it. Of course, they had to to get Kawhi and do this. But Shea being better than either of those two guys right now and all of the Clippers picks going to the Thunder is pretty crazy. Like it's one of those trades that like it set the Thunder up so well, dude. They have so many incoming picks just on that one trade and a generation, maybe not generational, but a a franchise player, a no doubt for he's 35 and five every game. Like you can lock it in. Man, okay, anyway, enough done. And and they have a guy who could be another franchise guy in Chet Holmgren who hasn't played a single game. I mean, they're uh, the better Jay Williams. Sorry to the other one, Jalen Williams. J-Dub. J-Dub. J-Dub looks really good. Like, uh, Kenny Hustle having another good year. Uh, they, 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 that team is they're, – they're good. When they're healthy, they're good right now. I think they could be really good next year. Yeah, I think they're a play-in team this year already. Yeah. And they'll be good. Um, Fiché will be fun to watch. But any last Bucks thoughts before we go? Crowder, yeah, 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 I'm glad see. we were on for the Crowder news. I know. It, this usually doesn't happen. We I have know, to do an always, addendum. We always end it um, first. Thank you. Thank you, Shams, for that. Yeah. Um, first time I'll say that. Uh, it was a li- little bit of a schedule look ahead. We've uh, we've covered it a little bit. But we have the Hornets coming up on Tuesday uh, against uh, in, in Milwaukee. Buyout candidate Gordon Hayward. Maybe he'll play. <laughs> I don't know if hey Jordan's done some weird stuff, man. He might do it. Um, yeah, it's true. So I thought another, you meant at first, and I was like, "What pull does he have here?" <laughs> uh, hey, Jay, don't underestimate the Tresky. Uh, hopefully, the Bucks are going to be looking to avenge that disgusting loss earlier uh, in the month um, on January sixth, and then you have another home, two more home games, one on Thursday against the Clippers, like we mentioned, at 9 p.m., Yeah, uh, a banged-up Clippers team. Then you have the Heat on the 4th, National Marquette Day, shout-out. Oh, boy. Uh, then, you, then you have a three-game road trip, uh, Blazers on Monday the 6th, two days off, then L.A., L.A., three days off, and then there's Boston on Valentine's Day. That, so, uh, that We got to circle our calendars for that one. I'm excited for that game. 
Can yeah, we look, let me look, I, let me look, let me look at Celtic's schedule. If that's, I really hope it's, it's not a horrible rest game for them. I will unfortunately be missing that game live. Oh, uh, Rohan just dropping subtly that he has Valentine's Day plans. Way to go, Ro. Congratulations. That one is not a Valentine's Day plan. That is an academic plan. Oh, but then okay. later is, uh, <laughs> um, no, they, they play Sunday the 12th. They're off the 13th. And they're at home Perfect. for that game. And that's a oh Perfect. god, that's a one p.m. Grizzlies game on Sunday. So they they'll have a lot of time off before then. So that we're gonna have to look into playback for that game, even if Rohan can't make it, which does break my heart. But I'm very excited for it. it it's it'll be a big game for sure. But yeah. that's a that's a little it's a little look ahead here as we wrap this up uh, and say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on Blue Bar and GSPN. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on Repod. Join Repod.com/slash GSPN. Uh, to find all of our good stuff there. Make sure you check out gspn.info for all the links you need, whether it's Substack, uh, Playback, Discord, uh, all our other podcasts, the stock market. All of it is there at gspn.info. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube. Uh, Pod Random, and we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.